Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Christians all over the world pray these words, some weekly, others daily. But what do we mean when we pray to God as Father? And more importantly, what did Jesus mean when he taught his disciples to pray in this way? Many people think that when Jesus taught his disciples this prayer, he was doing a very un-Jewish sort of thing. This idea goes back to a German New Testament scholar named Joachim Jeremias. Jeremias wrote in the middle of the 1900s, and he argued that whenever Jesus prayed to God as Father or addressed God as Father, he used the Aramaic word Abba. Jeremias also thought that Abba was a very intimate, personal sort of family term. And since Jeremias couldn't find any instances of Jews praying to God using Abba, he concluded that Jews must have had too high a view of God's sovereignty to pray to him in this personal way. In Jeremias' own words, to the Jewish mind, it would have been disrespectful and therefore inconceivable to address God with this familiar word. For Jesus to venture to take this step was something new and unheard of. Now, there's a grain of truth in what Jeremias says. In the first place, it is the case that Jesus prayed to God and addressed God as Father more than the Old Testament and contemporary Judaism did. It is also true that Jesus thought of himself as the Son of God in a unique sense that others were not. However, there are also some problems with this interpretation, especially when applied to the Lord's Prayer. And as is always the case, the problem with a poor interpretation is not only that it is wrong, but that it actually distracts us from what the text is really trying to say. Let's just begin with a few observations on the Lord's Prayer itself. There are two versions of the New Testament, one in Matthew 6, the other in Luke 11. And neither of the evangelists actually used the word Abba. Now, we know that Matthew and Luke could have used Abba because we find Paul and Mark doing so. However, the fact that Matthew and Luke do not use Abba suggests that whatever Abba means, it wasn't especially relevant to what they were trying to communicate. In addition, when we start asking what Abba actually means, as it turns out, scholarship since Jeremias have sh has shown conclusively that Abba was not a uniquely personal sort of term. It was language that was used by both adults and children, but it wasn't more personal than simply saying the Greek pater, for instance. In fact, it's interesting that when Matthew and Luke both recount Mark's use of Abba Father in Mark 14.36, that they actually both use the Greek pater. Matthew has my father and Luke has simply father. So if we ask Matthew and Luke what Abba means, it seems that they think it means something very close to pater, father. But leaving Abba aside, is it the case that Jews didn't pray to God as Father? And actually, when we look at the Old Testament and contemporary Judaism, we find that there are quite a number of Jews praying to God as Father. If you think about it, this makes sense because the idea of Father is deeply rooted in the covenantal language of the Old Testament. Think, for instance, of Exodus 4.22, where God calls Israel his firstborn son. Or think of the beginning of Isaiah, where God calls out Israel for being his children who have been faithless to him. Jews of Jesus' day and in the centuries leading up to Jesus' day followed suit and 
prayed to, the, to God as Father. Let me give you just a few examples of this. In the Thanksgiving hymns of Qumran, 1QH17, we have this quote from the psalmist at Qumran. Until old age you shall provide for me, for my father did not know me, and my mother abandoned me to you. For you are a father to all the children of your truth, and you rejoice over them as a loving mother over her nursing child. As a guardian with his embrace, you provide for all your creatures. Or take another example, 4Q372.1, another Dead Sea Scroll. Joseph, who has been, just been sold into slavery, prays like this, My father and my God do not abandon me to the hands of the nations. Notice that Joseph doesn't just say father or our father. He says my father. It's a very personal way of talking to God. Similarly, if we take an example from the Apocrypha, in 3 Maccabees 5-6, to the Jews are literally about to be trampled by a herd of elephants at the hands of a Greek ruler. And three times over the course of about a chapter, they pray to God as Father to deliver them. For instance, the old Jew Eleazar prays like this, King of great power, Almighty God Most High, governing all creation with mercy, look upon the descendants of Abraham, O Father, upon the children of the sainted Jacob, a people of your consecrated portion who are perishing as foreigners in a foreign land. So notice here that Eleazar prays to God as both a sovereign king and as a loving father. In fact, it's because he's a sovereign king that as the loving father he can rescue them from this herd of elephants that is about to come upon them, which he does. In the Jewish novel Joseph and Aseneth, Aseneth, who has just been alienated from her parents, forsaken by her family because she is converted to Yahweh worship, prays like this. Have mercy upon me, Lord, and guard me, a virgin who is abandoned and an orphan, because you, O Lord, are a sweet and good and gentle father. What father is as sweet as you, Lord, and who is as quick in mercy as you, Lord? So notice again, Aseneth cr cries out to God as her father in the midst of being abandoned by her family because she's worshiping Yahweh. Now, when we look at these and other instances of Jews praying to God as Father, we find a common theme, namely, radical dependence upon God in the midst of persecution. For instance, the Qumran psalmist praises God because he is his father even though his biological parents have abandoned him. Joseph, in 4Q372, prays to God as Father because he is being sold into slavery at the hands of the Gentiles. In 3 Maccabees 5-6, to the Jews cry out to God to save them as their father because they are about to be trampled by this herd of elephants. Aseneth cries out to God as Father because she has been abandoned by her biological family. And when we take this lens and apply it to the Lord's Prayer, it actually works quite well. Notice that in the Lord's Prayer, the final petition that Jesus gives his disciples to pray is that God would deliver them from temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And if we think about the larger setting of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount begins with 
things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. So, what did Jesus mean when he prayed, Our Father? Well, we can say at least this. Jesus was not praying an un-Jewish prayer. On the contrary, when we look at the Old Testament and contemporary Judaism, we find that Jesus was doing something that was quintessentially Jewish and deeply rooted in the covenantal language of the Old Testament. In addition, to pray to God as Father is not so much to express an individualistic God consciousness as to declare a radical dependence on God's action and upon God as Father in the midst of eschatological trials. To call God Father is intimate, yes, but not for the sake of intimacy alone. It invokes the covenant to express a deep need for God the Father to do what only He can do. To bring His kingdom, to provide sustenance, to forgive our sins, and to deliver us from tribulation.